Let's foray into Nevada's wild spaces. This is a half an hour adventure with the Nevada Department of Wildlife. This is Nevada Wild. Here on this Welcome to Nevada Wild, brought to you by the Nevada Department of Wildlife. I'm Ashley Sanchez, here with Aaron Keller. And today we're joined by our Upland Game Staff Specialist, Sean Espinoza. We also have our Migratory Bird Staff Specialist, Rustel, Russell Wolstenhume. I got your last name this time, but I said <laughs> Rustel. There's no, there's no T in Russell. <laughs> yeah. One of these days I'll get the entire name right. <laughs> Welcome both of you. It's good to have both of you here. It's great to be here. As do always. I almost said, do I dare say some of our favorite guests to have? <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> you guys are always so informative when you're on. And as we were saying, we have a good amount of seasons, Upland Game seasons, opening on September 1st, which is why we thought our audience would appreciate you guys coming in here and talking about some of those seasons. Um, Every time we get the yeah. small game book, reg- the regulations, we get them into our hand, then we start thinking about what's coming up, what's opening. and Exactly, oh. which that's a good plug. The small game regulations are online right now, eregulations.com. You could check them out there. So I, we could just get into it. Um, Russell, maybe we'll start with you since we were talking about we have this. The reason you're here as our migratory bird staff specialist is we do have a few species that fall under the category of migratory upland game. Right, right. Sometimes um, referred also as webless migratory birds. But yeah, they're a unique category, um, primarily the species that fall in that group that we hunt in Nevada are the dove species. That Got we it. Have, so, and there's also crow. Right, and and crow is is a really unique thing because all of our migratory birds are regulated through a f- the federal framework process with the flyways. Crow is the exception. Crow is not handled at all by the flyways. The authority to hunt crow falls just under the code of federal regulations so it's just kind of unique interesting i know every time we bring up crow hunting i'm like is is that a bird that's hunted (laughs) it's it is very lightly hunted in nevada there's not a lot of hunters but it's you know it's it's a two-part season there's a fall season that starts on september 1st and then there's a spring season that we have also and then you said the most the biggest hunted thing, I guess you could word it as, is um, dove species. So yeah. what do we have for dove? So so dove on September 1st also is the opener for our dove season. We have two species of, of dove that are legal to hunt during the hunt se- during the hunting season. That's morning doves and white-winged doves. So we also have a lot of Eurasian collared doves in the state. And they're huntable, but there's no season. They're an unprotected bird from the both the federal standpoint and the state standpoint there's there's no regulations so they can be hunted at any time harvested in any quantity they don't count against your your dove bag limit when you're out hunting morning doves and white winged got it and the majority is morning dove i mean right right the most the ma- common the most common is morning dove white wings are more of a southern nevada species they occur clark lincoln nye county they're spreading northward but they're pretty few in number 
so we don't see a lot of them in the bag but, but they are they are harvested periodically down down south but they're open statewide and the reason for that is because they are m moving northward in their distribution across the United States and so the regulations were were changed so that if someone inadvertently shoots one in other parts of the state there's no penalty for it so yeah you're not going to get in trouble right and then is there any do you target them different or are they all kind of the same as far as dove go they're you know i've never hunted a white-winged dove i've, I've never yeah. seen one during the hunt but they're hunted similarly you mm -hmm. know i mean they might they might show up in different places if you if you really want white-winged you might have to find a different location than morning doves but I really don't have a lot to go off of there. Yeah. Do morning doves make for good hunting? I mean, hunting doves. Yeah. It's just interesting. Um, <laughs> morning doves are so little known. They're one of the most hunted species in the United States. Really? The most harvested species in the United States. There's across the U.S. They, they can be hunted in 42 of the 50 U.S. states. And um, the... The harvest comes in every year across the entire U.S. at around 10 million doves, a little over 10 million doves. Nationally, waterfowl comes in, all all duck species combined comes in at a little under 10 million. Wow. And doves are just over. And the amazing part about that is you think about their season lengths. In, the, in Nevada, the Pacific Flyway, the duck season is 120 days, and the dove season is 60 so and it used to be 30. used to be 30, right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's a very, very heavily harvested species, very popular nationwide in Nevada. Um, I haven't looked at it for a few years. I used to always go through and look at all of our hunted species and figure out how many people participated based off of license or permit sales and look at our, our projected harvest on all those species. And uh, Sean's a big, a big part of that as well looking at the numbers and upland game doves and a lot of the upland game species are always at the top of the list the only big game species that beats out the small game species for number of participants and number harvested are deer wow but as far as popularity as, as far as active participants active participants mm -hmm. and, yeah. har and harvest both so morning doves usually fell in now, they've dropped off a little bit since the last time I did it and number of participants, but morning dove were always third or fourth in the number of participants and third or fourth in the, the number of harvest. And why do you think that is? Why do you think that's so popular? Small game's where it's at. That's yeah. <laughs> right, Yeah, that, that was kind of a softball question. Yeah. I mean, coming from where I sit, I mean, small game is so much fun right. to it, go hunt. It's You don't have to draw a tag. Yeah, and it's just easy to get out. The weather's right. great. There's, like, there's a, a lot of different species. There's a long seasons. You don't need to draw. You can just go do it. And there's you can start you can start hunting September first and hunt small game clear until the end of February. Yep. I mean that's what a bonus. If you're yep. a, if you're a hunter, I said that's why I said small game's where it's at. Yeah. Dove tastes great. Exactly. Easy to prepare. I think that's why I said it sounds weird to me because I just don't picture eating. I think we've talked about this before in the podcast, right. well, eating let's doves. Get, <laughs> let's get some dove for you to Someone eat. needs to bring in some dove for me to yeah. eat. <laughs> or I need to get out there, there you and go. get some of my Even own. Better. Yeah. 
So, Sean, we're saying Upland Game is where it's at. What other seasons do we have opening September 1st? Yeah, so the main ones are going to be the, the forest grouse species. And then uh, Snowcock, Himalayan Snowcock, also opens on September 1st as well. Um, so those are really the... And in forest grouse, that includes rough grouse and the two subspecies of, of blue grouse, which are dusky grouse and sooty grouse. Um, and uh, the Himalayan snowcock, which you have to get a permit uh, or a reservation, which is available uh, by going on to endowlicensing.com, and you can download a permit there uh, and fill that out and have it with you on your person while you're hunting. Um, but that opens September 1st. Um, that's often, you know, one of those hunts that uh, an elite few really try and get out and pursue those birds because it's so strenuous and you have to get up above 9,000 feet in the in the rubies and East Humboldt to pursue. Exactly. I know there's a video we've posted um, on YouTube. Uh, it was the guys from Chucker Chasers. Up <laughs> Chucker. Right. Up Chucker. Yeah, yep. they do the Up Chucker podcast. And you were even on their podcast and they told us all about their snowcock hunting adventure. Yep. And it just sounded... So awesome. cool. Yeah. yeah, and just uh, recently I, I went through the harvest data from last season to prepare the small game status report, which Russell and I have been working on. And um, once again, I think we harvested 10 birds, which seems to be about the average <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> every year. It it's doesn't matter how many people it seems like pursue them. Yeah. There was about 200, 220 people that got the permit, and 72 of those people actually went out and hunted. And oh. I think that maybe there was like seven or eight guys that were successful. Yeah. So. Wow. Which makes it even more epic that those guys got it on film, right. on mm -hmm. video. And were able to make such a cool video to kind of showcase it. Exactly. And did, I think they, did they get more than, did each of them I think they each one? got one. Yeah. yeah. Which makes it very crazy. Yeah. And, yeah. and then, you know, the, the daily limit, the possession limit is two. Mm -hmm. um, so there are people that actually harvest two birds. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. And, and then, oh, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, and then rough grouse. Rough grouse, um, you know, we've been kind of, I wouldn't say necessarily concerned, but their numbers haven't been real great over the last four to five years. Um, you know, there's probably some climate effects going on there for sure. Um we kind of suspected in other portions of the range, uh, a disease has affected rough grouse, West Nile virus. Oh, wow. And so we thought maybe that there was a chance that uh, the birds had gotten that. So we'd actually did, uh, we we're going to try and do some sampling, some blood sampling to see if there's any antibody titers uh, in rough grouse currently. Um, we don't know that yet, uh, but that would be interesting to know. Um, but the, the drumming surveys that we conducted this year, there was a few spots that were pretty pretty um, bright in terms of the results. Um, so the 061, 071 units, um, those results looked pretty good for rough grouse. And uh, Central Nevada as well, the Toyabis, uh, pretty good success on the drumming route surveys that were conducted there also. So um, that looks to be pretty good. Uh, from a dusky grouse and sooty grouse standpoint, sooty grouse over here in the Sierras uh, Carson range, um, 
I don't see how those guys could be that productive this year, given how dry it's been. I mean, there's not a berry on a, on a current bush, probably right. in the entire Sierra mountains. I don't know. It's pretty dry. Um, and, uh, so from that standpoint, I really don't expect much in the way of production. I, there's probably a lot of adults to pursue. Um, and being that there's no berries out there, you know, they may be shifting their diet already to things like aspen leaves or uh, needles, pine needles. And when that happens, usually they get up into some of the larger red fir trees, and they can be a really son of a gun to try and hunt uh, when they're in the trees like that. You just can't flush them out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, dusky grouse in the eastern portion of the state, um, I'm not sure what production looks like there. I know things are rough. Uh, a lot of our mountain ranges, particularly in White Pine County with drought, I know they got some summertime rains, which will provide some relief. But, you know, the, the limber pines and the mahogany that they're going to rely on at this time of the year, if they did switch their diet over, um, a little bit easier to uh, deal with uh, bl- uh, dusky grouse when they're in a, a limber pine just because they're such a smaller statured tree compared to the red firs we have over here or um, the larger uh, five needle pines. So, um, you know, perhaps in the dusky grouse might be a little bit better for hunters to pursue this year in eastern Nevada rather than western Nevada. Good to know. And we're actually going to pause Real quick, but we'll get right back into this after this quick break. You're listening to Nevada Wild. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, leave us a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things wildlife, go to endow.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Nevada Wild. Today, we are lucky enough to be joined by our migratory bird staff specialist, Russell Wolstenhume. We also have our Upland Game bird staff specialist, Sean Espinoza. Um, And before the break, we were talking about some of the upcoming seasons that are starting on September 1st. And Aaron, you had some interesting questions for Sean, or one interesting question at least, that it made us decide that's what we're going to talk about when we're coming back from break. So do you want to ask that? Yeah, just talking with Sean every time, I'm like, I want to ask him more questions. Exactly. Every time. So I'm like, (laughs) I had five questions Yeah. (laughs) just before the break. But yeah. was it about the breeding well, stuff? Well, J- it what was you're interesting because we had J- Jason Jones on, yeah, a couple weeks ago, and he explained how reptiles react to the drought and how. Yeah, and something they- Sean had said is there's gonna be a lot of of adult birds that you could go after this year, and I was just gonna ask if that's if if upland game is kind of like the reptiles or that Jason was talking about, where they'll forego mating or breeding to basically for survival in a drought year. Yeah, and and one of the things because. You know, we, we monitor sage grouse so heavily in this state and conduct a lot of research. In dry years like this, we've seen as few as 50% or so of the males actually attend a lek and, and you know, perform the strutting breeding activity. Uh, rather than on a wet year where attendance rates are, you know, somewhere close to 80%. Um, so there's a big difference between a dry year and a moderate to, to wet year in terms of who's out there to participate in, in the breeding and, and mating scheme from a, from a grouse standpoint, which is always one of the more kind of, um, you know, elaborate 
breeding schemes on the landscape. Right. For it takes sure. a lot of energy to go out and puff up the chest and, you know, chase a female around and yeah. uh, do that time after time. It, it takes a lot of energy for the females to nest. So, you know, when conditions get poor, any any species really, but but birds are included, they'll it takes so much energy they just can't do it on if thing if conditions are poor. If their right. if their body mm-hmm. condition drops, they just lose all all reproduction. Yeah. And in some cases we see um we saw it this year a little bit too with some of the radio martens that nested. They started to lay but then abandoned their nest. Mm. A good proportion of them. So um, you know, we don't know if that's the case everywhere, but um, that's a good indication that uh, conditions are pretty tough. But if you look at it from the the dove standpoint, yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit different. Right. So <laughs> so doves are, are some of the most productive birds out there. And, and morning doves will nest three to six times every summer. They just, they have a really quick incubation period. They have a really quick rearing period. Um, and related to that, something really unique about doves is when they're feeding their their young, they produce a milky substance in their crop, and that's what they feed their young with in the nest. Hmm. They, they actually can produce this milk from their crop, and they feed their offspring milk. And people go, what? Birds don't give milk. Yeah, I had no <laughs> idea. <laughs> but but doves doves are, are really unique in that in that regard. But, yeah, they, they'll, you know, and out in... The wildlands of Nevada, I'm sure conditions get poor, and that's probably on the lower end of the three to six. But because doves are everywhere. Migratory. Right. And, y- and you find them in, in towns that are around people, and people have bird feeders, and they have water sources. So in town, they're super productive. They, they'll, they'll hit that you know five, six mark almost every year just because there's no shortage of food and water for them around, around town. Yeah, I was saying that, um, you know, outside of every window, I have a pine tree at my house, and all of them have dove nests in them, and they're constantly being used every year. So we just leave them in the trees, and the boys can watch them through the window. Right, and, right. I had one yeah. here outside my office here for a couple of years, and I'd sit there and watch the doves. You know, it was an old um, magpie nest, and the magpies had moved on, and the doves found it, and they moved in and started having having a success back there raising offspring. It's just it's so quick. Yeah. You'll see them sitting and then you go, oh, I've got time to, to watch that, and then they're gone. Yeah, I say it's like my lava lamp. I have my coffee and I can sit and just watch the dove <laughs> come and go from the thing. So, yeah. Nice. So there's, I mean, you gave some numbers, or, or you explained the con- what we're seeing as far as grouse go, but would you say there's still hunting to be had? people this year yeah i mean we did um we reduced the available units quite a bit this year i think we closed 10 different hunt units and which a lot of that was comprised of white pine county Mm -hmm. um which i don't think we've ever done in for well maybe going back to the 20s i know they closed grouse season in the 20s uh for a couple years but going back that far this is the first time we've closed humble uh White Pine County. And and that's for sage, sage grouse. grouse. Correct. Yeah. Um, and then we reduce the season lengths. So hunters will be, want to be particularly, pay particular attention to that because we've got a couple units um, that only have a two-day season this year. And that's mostly Washoe County is just October 2nd and 3rd this year. 
uh, with a few units in central Nevada that just have a two-day two season. And then the others, like in Elko County, are uh, going to be a nine-day season. Uh, so pay particular attention to where you're at and then what unit you're in and, and what the season length is. But, um, you know, we go through a whole host of um, strategies to determine whether or not a unit can be open or not and then for how long the season can be open. Uh, so those units that are open for seven days, we still have, or nine days, we still have a pretty strong sage grouse population. So Yeah, and then can you just give a quick, like, 10 second kind of explanation of why for anybody's listening why we would hunt species that are also being closed in other areas and kind of like the data that you get from that right so one of the things that um you know we look at is the overall population size and our let counts give us a pretty good indication of that um and then we kind of use a uh, a general indicator of how many females there are per male which is generally about a female and a half per male. So that gives us a pretty good indication of what our population size is. And then we use our wings collected from the previous year and get a pretty good idea of what the harvest looks like. Um, and so we're seeing that in a lot of these units, harvest is, is pretty light. So less than 4% of the fall population shows up in, in our harvest. And we've got some pretty good research on that that's taken place in the past. but. Uh, from those wings that we collect, we get a, um, a very good estimate of production. So we know how many young were produced in a particular year, and we also get uh, a good idea of when those birds were hatched, too. So we can get a peak of hatch, um, and, and that gives us a pretty good idea of what the uh, demographics are like in a particular population. So that helps us make some determinations for the next season as well. Yeah, and then Russell, you also have the same kind of thing for dove. Right. So, so doves, um, you know, they're the most recent population estimate for the Western Management Unit, which is essentially the Pacific Flyway, was 24 million doves. So, there's a lot of doves out there on the landscape. You know, they're they're we just talked about how productive they are. So they do do fairly fairly well. But you know, dove are one of the species that in management. We do banding for doves. Every year, the department bans roughly 400 birds. There's a couple of other entities here in the state that band a couple hundred more. So there's there's doves with bands out there for, for the people that are you know looking for bands. But you know we do parts collections, which means we we look at wings. Um, the banding provides a lot of data so that we can very closely monitor what the population is doing and and know that the population is doing well. And in the absence of that data. Our, our management kind of falls apart. We don't really have anything to go off of. And so that's the reason why you would still want to hunt. You know, you can regulate how long you hunt, how many days, what bag limits are. That's how you control your hunting. You don't do it through stopping hunting if you can help it. Right, and then dove are part of the HIP program as well. Right, right HIP, and you have to have, it's a good, a good reminder, you need to have a HIP number and registration in order to go out and hunt doves. So anyone listening, the HIP is harvest information program which is the reporting that hunters have to do for the the, the past year or the past hunting season correct and so for to hunt any migratory um, game birds well i shouldn't say any because there's a couple of species you don't mm -hmm. um, but for waterfowl for dove you have to have that hip number and and you have to have one for people that come in from out of state you have to have a different hip number for every state it's not it's not a federal program 
in essence it's a state program right state specific right mm -hmm. yeah so if you hunt multiple states you need multiple hip numbers right and do you just get your hip number um how do you get one of those off you can, you can go to to endel licensing and, and get it right there you need to go into the it's not with the licenses you need to go into the survey to the survey section yep. in order to, to get that registration done got it but it's pretty easy so, yeah. and simple to yeah. go on there and do yep i cannot wait until september 1st I, I when i was a kid i never attended school on september 1st yeah <laughs> right never <laughs> right. had i never had perfect attendance my parents always said you could take off for september 1st let's and, go out and go dove hunting and right you know so, so that september 1st date something that i had thought about earlier when i was kind of thinking about what to talk about today i get asked all the time one of the most frequent questions is why do we wait until september 1st to hunt doves because it seems like here in Nevada, we, we always get <laughs> a cold snap late August, <laughs> and all the doves are, are gone. Yep. So because it is a migratory bird, and it's it's under the authority of federal regulation, the, the frameworks. You hear me talk about the frameworks all the time. So the frameworks are partially driven by the Migratory Bird Treaty Act. And the Migratory Bird Treaty Act stipulates that no species of bird can be hunted before September 1st. So you look at that treaty, which is signed by roughly 50 countries. In order to change that September 1st date earlier, we'd have to reconvene in 50 countries and get them all to agree. <laughs> <laughs> that, that Nevada needs to start yeah. our season. <laughs> Nevada <laughs> needs to start yeah. a week earlier. <laughs> Good information to know, though. Any last things? We just have a few minutes left that you guys want to tell hunters before they head out. Sean? Well, the results from the uh, Sheldon special sage-grouse hunt draw are out. So those came out, I think, yesterday or today. Yeah, so today. that's complete. So uh, we always get a lot of calls about that, um, even though we did reduce the number of available reservations uh, for each season, I think from 45 down to 35. So there was less available there. Um, but I think for, you know, uh, portions of especially like central Nevada, um, Northern Nye County and um, uh, you know there's pretty decent amount of rainfall that was received in June and July so conditions out there should be you know fairly decent to try and and get some some pretty good hunting in I'm not gonna say that you know that resulted in you know the f fantastic amount of production but I think that'll help uh, uh, upland game species that that are in those parts so um, you know maybe look to head that way this year good for people to know and russell where should people head to hunt dove it sounds well, like I said, doves, doves are largely anywhere yeah. um some of the best success i've seen in nevada we, we don't have a lot of ag fields which is where the rest of the country hunts doves water water is our limiting factor so you can hunt i know a lot of guys like the big game hunt off of guzzlers the doves come in there too i've watched 60 to 80 doves just cycle through on, on any given day which is far more than your limit. So, you know, that's water sources are a great, great place water to hunt. Water sources. Yep. Well, thank you both for being here. I think a lot of people will appreciate this information. So we appreciate having you guys in again. Yeah, thanks. Anytime. Of course. And thank you everyone for listening. That does it for this week's podcast.
Join us again next week for our next adventure, Nevada Wild. It's a production of the Nevada Department of Wildlife. <laughs>